Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. Today's episode, where we finally made it. We're at the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl week. I'm really looking forward to this game. Of course, it's what we talk about all year long. And it always feels like it comes up really fast. Obviously, I'm super, super excited for the game. Um, very excited the two teams that made it, made it. Uh, they're fully deserving of it. Not going to complain at all of the matchups or anything like that. Um... I'm probably going to use this episode to only talk about the Super Bowl. I might get some trivia in depending on if I can find some people that, you know, want to participate. Um, but we'll end up seeing what goes on there. I'm more than likely going to one take this. So I'll try and space it up a little bit just so it's not so, you know, rumbled and mixed into one clump. But I mean, that's it. This is the only topic I have to talk about. All this whole episode is dedicated to the Super Bowl. It's dedicated to this matchup. I'm going to be starting by talking about the Chiefs, and then I'm going to get into the Niners, and then I'm going to get into some, some predictions. So if you want to skip around, that's just the order everything's going to be in. More than likely, there will not be timestamps located down below because, again, I'm more than likely just going to one-take this shit. Um, I don't know if this is going to take me like 20 to 30 minutes, but either way, it'll probably be a shorter episode than usual. Again, going to try and slow it down a little bit so you guys can really take it all in. Um, either way, really excited about this game, really excited about this matchup. Maybe taking a brief hiatus away from this podcast a little bit post-Super Bowl, or just more than likely posting less often. Obviously, draft season is right around the corner. It basically is upon us if you know your two teams are not in the Super Bowl. Um, so I'm starting to get into that a little bit. I also want to make more NBA content this year because not only is the NBA just really exciting right now and it feels like there's a lot of really good teams, I've actually been watching a lot more regular season NBA basketball than I typically do. So if you want to see NBA content, be sure to follow me here. If you want to see draft content, be sure to follow me here. Be sure to go follow me over on Instagram. Again, trying to get more active on there. I also want to say really quickly, I'll say this again on my Instagram, but fuck. I'm so sorry. If you guys faded me on the NFC Championship props, literally none of the props hit. I went over four. So if you faded me entirely, congratulations. You won some money. If you rolled with me, thank you. I appreciate the loyalty, but that is a big fuck up. And you know what? It happens to the best of us. I can't really be too ashamed about it. Every sports better gets got every now and then. I got got. Um, the AFC one was a little bit better. Fucking OBJ was just one yard short of hitting that parlay for me. But you know what? That's all right. I'm not going to be talking about props in this episode because I'm low-key scarred. Um, <laughs> but I am taking a bunch of props. So if you want to hit me up individually or DM me, um, that way I don't have to publicly humiliate myself and actually post about it. Let me know because I do have some props. And again, just kind of a bad beat on the NFC championship game one. Not going to make any excuses happens to the best of us. I fucked up. I'm sorry if you guys rode with me. If you did again, appreciate the loyalty, but either way I fucked up. This is a really long intro. So let's get into the episode without further ado. Okay, so like I said in the intro, we're going to have to start with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I mean, this team, it truly is a dynasty. They've truly been dominant over the past six years since Mahomes has taken over as a starter. Um, I think the biggest question has to be how can this game affect their legacy? What can it do for their legacy? More particularly, let's start with Patrick Mahomes and his legacy because obviously the pace he is on is absolutely unprecedented. He has already put himself in the conversation of the greatest quarterback of all time. Of course, he still has some catching up to do to Tom Brady, but an absolutely incredible start to his career. Obviously, we talked about it two weeks ago, uh, six-year starter, six AFC championship games, just unbelievable pace. No one else in NFL history has ever done that. He's also 14-3 and three in the playoffs as a starter. His two losses 
or sorry, his three losses, two of them coming against Brady, one of them coming against Burrow, either all in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Four Super Bowl appearances, obviously this being his fourth. Two Super Bowl wins could be his third after this weekend. And then obviously, it's hard to assume that things will stay as great as they have been. But again, his pace is completely ridiculous, completely unheard of. If you just stretch this career out over... Six-year starter, let's say he starts 18 years in the league, which is, I feel like, pretty reasonable given, you know, how many of these great quarterbacks we see play well into their 30s. At th that sort of pace, he's on pace for 12 Super Bowl appearances, six Super Bowl wins. If he wins this one, nine Super Bowl wins. I mean, the pace is just absolutely incredible, absolutely unheard of. Never mind the fact the regular season stats are absolutely bonkers. He's basically averaging 5,000 yards, you know, well over 30 touchdowns per season. This is considered the worst year of his career, and he's still playing for it all at the end of the day. So, statistically, again, it's been a down year offensively, but, I mean... They lead the league in stats you want to lead the league in. Or, sorry, they lead the league in stats you don't want to lead the league in. This offense has not been themselves. You know, they led the league in drops. Juwan Taylor led the league in penalties. Uh, more than likely, he's going to be lining up against Chase Young, but don't be surprised if they move around Chase Young and Nick Bosa on either side of the line. Maybe even line up those guys inside in obvious passing situations. But they still have done a really good job of taking care of the football. Their offensive line has still been very good at moving people. Their pass protection has been excellent all year long. Um, Patrick Mahomes has had constant protection. Again, even if their weapons have not been what we're used to seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs, their offense isn't nearly as high flying. You know, Kelsey may have lost a step during the regular season. They were looking for a guy to step up. Rasheed Rice really came into his own at the end of the season. Travis Kelsey has really looked like Travis Kelsey. Uh, vintage Travis Kelsey, I should say, during this playoff run. And of course, from his legacy, it is just absolutely impressive and amazing what he's been able to do. Kelsey, now the all-time leader in playoff receptions. He's second in playoff yards. He's second in playoff touchdowns. And he's done it all in eight less games than Jerry Rice. So assuming he plays at least one more year, you would think he'd be able to catch up to those records. And next thing you know, he's going to be the leader and basically every offensive statistical category that, it can, that a receiver can have for the playoffs. So again, his legacy really cementing his name because he already was in the conversation as one of, if not the greatest tight end of all time. Now when you put together all these accolades, and again, in the biggest spots in the playoffs when the games really matter the most, and those are the games that you're going to be remembered for, he is absolutely dominant in those areas. And again, when it's all said and done, when he does retire, whether it be next year or the year after that because you have to think he's likely on his way out he's more than likely going to own all these categories assuming you know things continue to go the way they're going and as of right now it's hard to argue why they wouldn't continue at the pace that they're at obviously they have do have some pending free agents coming up but we'll get to that in a little bit um, getting back to their offense, obviously, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey have really been the two focal points in the receiving game for this offense, have really stepped up for them in really, really big moments throughout the playoffs and the regular season as well, but again, the playoffs is where it really matters. Isaiah Pacheco continuing the ball to run the ball very, very well. He's not an overwhelming force. He's not a Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, no one is, but... When his name is called on, when his number is called up upon, he is more than effective enough. And again, a lot of credit. Sorry if you can hear that bus outside my window. A lot of credit to this Chiefs offensive line for just moving people in the run game, creating big holes for Isaiah to run through. And Isaiah has made the most of the opportunities. Again, love all the memes I've seen of him. He does run very angry. He runs like a kid that just is chasing after his big brother. He runs like a kid that stole your favorite toy. Um, he runs like someone that bites people. That's another one I saw. I fucking love all those things. I think they're so funny. Um... 
but it's true. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco is a maniac in the run game. He really does run like the Tasmanian devil. And he's been very, very effective along the ground. A prop I'm really looking to take for him is an anytime touchdown. I have a feeling he will end up scoring in this game just like he did last Super Bowl. I like that that to you know continue, um, if you will. And even though this Chiefs offense hasn't been the same, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, just playing incredible situational and mistake-free football when it, it matters most. You know, Mahomes... He just has that clutch gene. You know, every time you seem to need a play on third down, he's always making the right read. He's always taking care of the football. He's been playing extremely mistake-free, um, not only through the end of the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's been playing out of his mind. His What he's doing with the ball in terms of taking care of it and making the right decisions at the right time has been absolutely incredible. And even turning down some bigger plays for the safer play, which, you know, you're not always used to Mahomes doing that you're not always used to him not taking that risk and passing up that shot but it's absolutely paid off for them in the long run they have been incredibly effective on third down during the playoffs because of it and again even in those second and longs those situational spots where Juwan Taylor gets a flag who again leading the league in flags not really a stat you want to be at the top of the league in but Patrick Mahomes always finds a way to get him out of that hole him and Travis Kelsey in particular have a wonderful wonderful connection and wonderful chemistry um, synergy whatever you want to call it it just always seems to end up working out for them and it's just amazing what he's able to do in the situations given to him um, and even though their offense hasn't necessarily been the same in terms of explosive plays in terms of chunk yardages in terms of can flip a field in one play they'll just kill you by a million paper cuts his average depth of target is down significantly from years past but he is playing at an extremely high surgical level he's making the right reads with the football he has incredible talent and when the play breaks down he's always just fast enough i forgot exactly who the analyst was that said that but they hit it exactly on the head when they said that where he's not overwhelmingly fast he's not overwhelmingly overwhelmingly athletic he's not going to run you over like a josh allen he's not going to break out of arm, all these arm tackles i will say he has incredible balance and his escapability is amazing he's extremely flexible and fluid in what he can do with his body for example that play where maybe you won't know what i'm talking about but he basically ended up in a back handspring he was called down by contact but the mere fact that he was able to even fight enough to get out of that and possibly have an opportunity to keep the play going it really is just telling of how incredible of an athlete it is and how situationally he's just so amazing with the football there's always at least a couple plays a game especially when they need it most where he seems to get a scramble play on third and 15 and end up with a first down you almost never know how it happens but it feels like it always ends up happening um a prop i really like for this reason i said i wasn't going to do much props in this video but here i am calling out a few props a props that i really do enjoy because again the odds are crazy plus money if you go on underdog right now it's also boosted if you want to parlay it with something else but a rushing touchdown for passion Mahomes is definitely interesting i could definitely see a scramble drill turning into a touchdown um you know when they need it most in the red zone possibly again a third down situation where they just don't end up pressuring Patrick Mahomes because it's not very good. They send four, he ends up rolling out and then possibly scrambling for a touchdown. I could definitely see a world where that ends up happening. But flipping over to the Chiefs defense really quick because this Chiefs defense is possibly the best defense that Mahomes has ever played with in his career. Of course, we're used to the offense normally being the focal point of this team. And don't get me wrong, They've been extremely effective when they need to be, and guys like Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey have stepped up in huge moments, like I've mentioned. But this defense is really the heart and center of this team. They have, you know, I wouldn't say they've carried them because, again, it's hard to say Mahomes got carried by anyone. But 
they have done a great job throughout the playoffs in particular. They've been absolutely locked down. Of course, the regular season, they were great too. You know, second in yards per game during the regular season, fourth, um, excuse me, I did this wrong, second in points per game, sorry about that, fourth in yards per game, that was probably pretty loud, second in sacks, first in sack percentage, so again, take that as you will. It does hurt them that Charles Amenahu is out with a torn Achilles in this game, he's going to be out for some time, really sucks, of course, it sucks anytime an injury happens, but right before a Super Bowl game like this, it's just such a bummer, um, but Again, their defense has even turned it up another level in the playoffs. They completely stalled out the Ravens' offense. Um, you know, held Josh Allen to enough points <laughs> where their offense was able to get it done. I'm not saying that they absolutely contained Josh Allen. I don't, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think Josh Allen even had a turnover in that one. But they did enough. They slowed him down just enough for their offense to do, you know, again enough to win the football game. And their defense has just been absolutely fantastic all season long. I love their cornerback duo and Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie. I think it's seriously one of, if not the best duo in the entirety of the league. I love George Karloftis and Chris Jones. Obviously, Chris Jones making a first team all pro, continuing to be one of, if not the best defensive tackle in all football. He is a pending free agent coming up. So again, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Kansas City Chiefs deal with that scenario because, again, I'm fully expecting them that they want to be able to keep him but again is the money going to be right can they find a situation where um, they can end up locking him up long term I'm really not sure um, either way where was I going with this their defense is extremely loaded I really like what they're going to be able to do on that side of the football a very very talented unit and then of course we talked about the secondary we talked about Trent McDuffie Legereus Sneed what those dudes can do for you um, especially Legereus a very heavy press man corner that can just beat up wide receivers on the perimeter I expect him to be shadowing Ayuk a majority of the time Trent McDuffie more of a slot guy can kind of do it all though um, he's flexible in terms of his positions probably going to be rushing off the edge a lot um, I think he led the league in four fumbles for a db it was him and or anton winfield i don't remember directly off the top of my head um but either way a very very sound tackler despite his smaller nature and then of course he can cover as well um and then in this the linebacker unit you got willie gay coming back from injury nick bolton obviously had a hell of a performance last super bowl had a fumble six in that game so again a lot of impact players throughout their defense um going to be interesting to see I'll get to this a little bit later, but I'll just mention it right now. Steve Spagnuolo versus Kyle Shanahan going to be A1 matchup of all A1 matchups. Obviously, Shanahan considered one of the best football offensive minds in the sport, Steve Spagnuolo. I think it's, it's at the point where he's almost underappreciated at this point. I don't think enough people talk about him. He really is a defensive mastermind. Chiefs defense always seeming to be, you know, even if they're not as dominant as they have been, um, or excuse me, this year, they're far more dominant than they have been in the past. They're always consistently good, and situationally, they always seem to come up with plays when they need them the most. So let's switch to the Niners side of the ball. Actually, you know what? I'm going to cut this right here just so I have timestamps located down below, and then let's get into the 49ers. All right, dope. So you guys are going to have timestamps if you just skip to this section. I know the Niners fans are here. So let's get into your San Francisco 49ers. This section's probably going to be a little bit shorter uh, than the Chiefs section. But storyline-wise, I think we got to start with Kyle Shanahan and his legacy. Obviously, in the Chiefs section, we talked about the legacy of Patrick Mahomes, of Travis Kelsey. I actually didn't really talk about Andy Reid. So really quickly, let me go back. Uh, I just want to mention that Andy Reid... He could get his third ring in this one. Um, he also has the fourth highest winning percentage of any head coach in the history of the NFL. But if you look at his 11 years in Kansas City, he's number one in that category. And it's by a pretty wide margin. So, again, just something to consider there for legacy. But 
that's all I really wanted to say about that. Let's get back to the San Francisco 49ers because, again, if you skip to this segment, that's what you're here for. Going back to Kyle Shanahan and his legacy, he's obviously been to two Super Bowls before, one with the San Francisco 49ers, actually against the Kansas City Chiefs as well. Um, also, also worth <laughs> Jesus, that was bad. Also worth mentioning <laughs> that no head coach to rematch against the same head coach in the Super Bowl has ever won before, so Kyle Shanahan has a chance to do something that no head coach has ever done in the history of the NFL and obviously it's an achievement to do as well as they have in the playoffs and in the regular season Kyle Shanahan you know greatly considered one of if not you know the best head coach in the NFL in terms of especially offensive side of the ball he's their offensive play coordinator um, he's their offensive play designer so he is deserves a ton of credit for the San Francisco 49ers and all that they have done in the past six years since he's been the head coach there but also he hasn't won the big one yet. You know, despite all the playoff success, despite all the NFC Championship game appearances, despite all the divisional titles, can he finally get over the hump? That really is going to be the biggest question this one. That really is going to be the biggest question of his legacy as a whole because, of course, they've been here before. You expect that their core might stay together and they have an opportunity to do it again. But at the end of the day, you just never know when these opportunities are going to come around. This might be the last time Shanahan ever plays in a Super Bowl and of course he's a very young head coach that's a bold statement to say um he could easily be back here again but just he could just as easily not you know you never know when these opportunities are going to come um you cannot take them for granted and I know that he knows that I'm not saying that this is some like speech that he needs to hear I'm just saying that it's I don't want to say it's now or never because you never want to say never but it could be it could be now or never and you never really know so again I, uh, I don't want to say I hope he gets it done because, <laughs> I mean, we'll get to that in a second. But, <laughs> of course, he was up 10 last Super Bowl. Then he also has the 28-3 Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl. His legacy of Super Bowls right now is not particularly good. So, can he get that taste out of his mouth? Can he finally get over the hump? Can he win his first Super Bowl? Time will tell. There's a lot of pressure on him. I think it helps the team a lot knowing that they came back the way they did last week against the Lions, being down 17, being in that deficit. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has been continuously criticized for never being able to get himself out of holes. He has really, really good game plans, really, really good scripts, but when it comes to making adjustments, that's someone that, um, you know, his critics have been very loud in saying that he doesn't make enough adjustments once they end up going down in the game. He's very much uh, a game planner, a game manager, where he likes to have a lead and keep a lead and then call plays accordingly. Um, when he has to come back into a game, there's been, you know, some pitfalls. I would definitely say some pitfalls. I think there was a stat where he was, when he was down um, by seven plus at halftime, he was 0-30, if I'm not mistaken. I could be exaggerating that, but they broke that streak with the, the Detroit Lions game. So again, I think it's very good for the morale of this team that they were able to come back in that game and win, you know, even if the Lions partially shot themselves in the foot. But that's neither here nor there. Um, what I'm trying to say is, the Niners did end up clawing their way back in in that one. Um, I think that's really good for the team. I think it's really good for the locker room. I think it's really good for Brock Purdy and his confidence in this game. Um, I'm not saying that the team was like, you know, losing confidence in each other and there was a division in the locker room. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying confidence-wise, I think it helps a lot when you're able to come together and put a comeback victory together against a really quality team. Um, of course, it was in your own building and it wasn't on the biggest stages and it wasn't against Kansas City but I mean to be able to come down 17 nothing is still enough um, I will say you know 
you go down 17 nothing on the Chiefs, you're, you're simply not coming back. That's just not going to happen. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. Let's move on to the 49ers and their team and their core because, of course, a lot of these players are looking to redeem themselves as well. It's not just Kyle Shanahan for all his Super Bowl woes. we got to keep in mind the last time that the San Francisco 49ers were in this spot, they still have more than a few guys that are on the roster that were on that Super Bowl team that lost the first time in the first time this um, Kansas City won their Super Bowl. And that includes you know, Nick Bosa, who has obviously been handsomely paid by now. He is one of the faces of the NFL, one of the best defenders in the entire league. We got Debo Samuel, who he himself, one of the best weapons in the league. Uh, we got George Kittle, one of, if not the best tight end in the league. We got Cal Juszczyk, of course, eight-time Pro Bowler fan favorite everyone loves him and then eric armstead so again the nucleus of this team the core of this team is largely the same from when they lost the super bowl the first time of course they haven't forgot about that those guys have a chance to redeem themselves um and you know get revenge on patrick mahomes get their get their lick back get a ring um and then of course there's the mr irrelevant element brock purdy himself himself excuse me also, with a chance to silence the doubters, spoil the Chiefs and the Taylor Swift admiration. He was asked about it in the press last week. Um, <clears throat> of course, this is his chance. He really has a chance to silence everyone to prove that he is the franchise guy for the San Francisco 49ers. A lot of people, including myself, have been pretty critical of him at times. He wasn't at his best this last two games. Um, and I really think it's going to come down to his performance in this game. If he can be at his absolute best, you know, we know what his playmakers are like. We know what Kyle Shanahan does offensively for his guys. But again, if you fall behind on the Chiefs, you will not be able to make a comeback like he did against the Detroit Lions. He really has to play mistake-free football. If there's a turnover or two, because frankly, I don't think Mahomes is going to turn the ball over in this one. I took a prop for it. Um, I took over 0.5 interceptions. If you end up turning the ball over and giving him a free possession or two, it's over. It's simply that that easy to say because the Chiefs defense is that good. The Chiefs offense is that good situationally. Not that they have the absolute firepower that San Francisco has. San Francisco clearly is the most talented team offensively, but situationally, we've just seen the Chiefs do it a million times. So it's hard to go against them. It's We're working with a sample size that favors the Chiefs very largely here. We haven't seen the San Francisco 49ers do it on the biggest days. We've seen the, the Chiefs do it twice before. Uh, so again... It, a lot of this is going to come down to Brock Purdy. There's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and he needs to execute. He needs to take care of the ball. He needs to get the ball to the right spots. Um, you know, you would hope that Kyle Shanahan would scheme these guys open. You would hope that Kyle Shanahan would call a good enough, un, good enough game. Excuse me. And Brock Purdy hopefully can take advantage of that. Hopefully can see the opportunities and take them. Because if not, again, Chiefs defense is too good. Patrick Mahomes has been Mahomes, and we know what they're able to do. We know the playmakers on the Niners offense. We just, it's all up to situational football from Purdy and Shanahan. How can they respond? How can they adjust? Again, I mentioned this earlier. Kyle Shanahan has been very um, criticized for his ability to manage games, for his ability um, to manage situational football games, whether it be later in games, you know, when time's restricted or on third downs, he tends to either get a little too cute or try to do a little too much. So, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of the same thing, but Again, it brings me back to the point of Steve Spagnuolo versus Kyle Shanahan's in the X's and O's games, in the scheme game. 
that's going to be the deciding factor in this one for me. If Purdy and Shanahan can be on the same page and they're dialing it up and they're dissecting Steve Spagnuolo's defense, finding where the blitzes are, you know, hitting the hot routes, um, playing in tempo, in rhythm, and just making the most of the opportunities, if they can, you know, see disguises before they happen, if they can read blitz before they're coming, they're going to have a shot of winning this game. But if schematically Steve Spagnuolo, you know, can overwhelm Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, get those two dudes off their, off their, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Out of sync, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. If they can get the, if Spagnolo can get Shanahan and Purdy out of sync and Purdy isn't playing in rhythm, playing his, his game where he's getting the ball out quick, he's making the right decisions, he's not forcing the ball downfield because, again, we've seen that from Purdy at times and it's really shot themselves in the foot. It's ended up working for them last game when Vildor let the ball bounce off his face. I don't think, Legereus Sneed or Isaiah McDuffie or is that his name? Trent McDuffie? Isaiah McDuffie? Trent McDuffie. I don't think Trent McDuffie or Legereus Sneed is going to let that happen to them. So that's really where it's going to come. Oh shit. That's really where it's going to come down for me. And big picture. I mean, this team has been so close for so many years. This team has been great for damn near half a decade. This is their window. Again, you never know in this league. This is the most talented roster they've had in a very, very long time. And I'm not going to say I hope they can do it because, frankly, let's just get to my predictions. Let's just get to my predictions, and um, I'm sorry, Niners fans, in advance. I think you know what I'm going to predict at this point, but let, let's get into it. I'm going to have a timestamp right here. We're going to end this section, and we're going to close it off with some predictions, maybe get Cam or someone on some trivia. Okay. I'm so sorry, guys. With all this being said, I just want to say before I say a winner of the game, thank you guys. Thank you guys for another great season of doing this podcast. Obviously, a lot of friends and listeners are Niners fans, and part of me is always pulling for them. They have incredible players, incredible history. Um, it's so hard not to root for Brock Purdy and his story. I love George Kittle. I love Juszczyk. Shanahan, obviously one of the best offensive minds in this league. They're an incredibly well-structured and organized organization. John Lynch has done a great job managing this team and you know even despite some mishaps um like taking solomon thomas or of course the trey lance debacle um they found a way to make it work um and again they have some incredible fans i love all you guys shout us out to every single one of y'all um you know who you are listening and there's a good amount of you that listen to my podcast so again i appreciate it and i'm so so fucking sorry but i've got the kansas city chiefs winning 23 to 20 i mean can you blame me at this point it's like we've seen them do it so many times i'm gonna be honest i'm not fully trusting brock purdy i think he is gonna throw an interception in this one i think you also have a fumble in this one i just don't think that the san francisco 49ers ceiling is high enough and they have all the playmakers in the world i love christian mccaffrey i love their run game i think personnel wise they're more talented than the kansas city chiefs but and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, we trust. I'm so sorry. I've seen it before. I've seen it too many times. It's the new Brady. It's just, I frankly cannot bet against them because I've seen it too many times. I did the exact same thing last year and I ended up being right. I took the, the Kansas City Chiefs um, when they were underdogs, frankly, for the exact reason I'm giving you right now. I've seen them do it. I don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Situationally, he is the best quarterback I've seen since Tom Brady. And... I just don't know what else you want me to say. Their defense is really going to be the difference maker in this one. Steve Spagnuolo, 
he's going to be able to contain Brock Purdy just enough. I think he's going to get him out of his game. I don't think he's going to be able to manage the game at the level that he wants to. Patrick Mahomes going to play mistake-free. Brock Purdy will not. That's really going to be the difference maker in this one. And I'm so sorry. Again, Chiefs 23-20. Some bold predictions before I get into a trivia segment, even if, if I do end up having a trivia segment in this one. Um, or I might even just call some people and just see who's free and see if I can get some takes on this game. I really don't know what I'm going to do for this. I have the room for the next half hour, so I'll figure something out. Either way, some bold predictions before I get into the next segment. I'm going to say Brock Purdy will not only throw an interception this game, but he will have a fumble as well. I'm not sure exactly what the odds are in that. If you want to and parlay that together, it might be a pretty good payout. Um, I would imagine it'd be pretty pretty good plus money. I know the interception line is at minus 120. I didn't even check his fumble line because I don't really want to take it. Um, I'm not that risky, but hey, maybe I will end up taking it because I was planning on taking a fuck ton of player props, so maybe I will. Uh, my next bold prediction is that Patrick Mahomes will not only have a rushing touchdown this game, it will be the first touchdown of the game. So that's plus 100, or sorry, plus 1,000, my bad. The anytime touchdowns plus 315. So if you're feeling really risky, take the plus 1,000. That's really good, really good odds. You never know who's going to end up getting the first rushing touchdown of the game. Again, more than likely going to be on a scramble drill, but... In general, I just like him to score on one of these scramble drills. I could just, I don't know why, I just have this gut intuition that I have a feeling that it might end up happening. Um, the anytime one is at plus 315 if you like that. And then my third and final prediction for this one is that Mahomes will not throw an interception in this game and he will go on to win his third Super Bowl MVP. So. That's going to be it for me, guys. I hope you did enjoy this episode. If you want to stick around, I'm going to do a little more trivia, but this is the whole segment of me, uh, of my, you know, my proponent. Um, either way, hope you guys did enjoy this episode. Let me know what you guys think about my predictions. Again, I'm so sorry, Niners fans. Really looking forward to this game. Hit me up on Instagram if you have any thoughts, if you have any props, you want some advice, anything like that. Um, yeah, guys, I really appreciate you turning in. It's been a hell of a season. And I'll catch you in trivia slash phone calls. I don't really know what's going on. Uh, if I don't end up recording that, then this is the end of the episode. Peace out. Follow me here and on Instagram. Appreciate y'all. And yeah, later, guys. All right. So who do you... Uh, I got my dad on the podcast now. Say what's up, dad. Hey, what's up, guys? Appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm going to ask you some Super Bowl trivia, and then I'm going to get your takes on the game. Is that all right? Yeah, sure. Okay. I got two questions for you. The first, if Patrick Mahomes were to win his third Super Bowl MVP, who would he join as the only quarterbacks to have more than two? More than two Super Bowl wins? Uh, Super Bowl MVPs. See. MVPs? Yeah. Um, uh, Montana? Yep. And... Uh, who would be the other one? Brady? Yep. Good stuff. All right. Your uh, next, your ne no, that's okay. it. Your next question. Okay. Um, so the first seventh rounder and Mr. Irrelevant to ever start at quarterback, obviously we got Brock Purdy in the game, um, which is even more incredible when you, when you think about what happened with Trey Lance and that whole gamble, but can you name the only undrafted quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl? Undrafted quarterback. Um, I'll say Hofstadler. No, it was in the last twenty-five years. Last twenty-five years. Uh, Dilfer. No. I don't know. 
Are you sure? Um, I feel like you would. Yeah, yeah probably. It, it was in 2000. Um, wasn't that Trent Dilfer? No. 2000. I don't know. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Oh, yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, I thought you would. Yeah, I should have known that. Oh, well. <laughs> That's all right. All right, so let's get into the game. So who do you have winning the game? You know what? It's really interesting. Um, I'm really sitting on the fence on this one. Uh, and part of it is a bit of a Niner fan. Um, but my head tells me the Chiefs probably win this thing um, in a really tight game. I think so, too. So I guess, I, I guess I'd have to go with the Chiefs if I were putting money on it. Do you, uh, do you think why do you have a more analysis or do you just just got yeah, feeling? I, I think uh i think there's a couple things one is i i think the chief's defense is going to keep this thing close um which will lead to i think purdy will be subject to uh he's not gonna have the completion percentage um he's gonna go through a streak in this game where he's not gonna play well i think that's gonna keep it close and then if it's a tight game and it comes down to the last three, four minutes, you want the ball in Mahomes' hands and read his engineering games to put him in that position. I think he'll do it again. I agree. I think I also predicted, I think he's going to throw an interception early on in this game. And I think they're going to find themselves in a little bit of a hole. And then I think later in the game, he, it's going to be one of those situations where there may be down seven, few minutes left. And I think he's going to have a fumble. Okay. Okay. I think it's could something be. like that. Yeah, it could be. I, 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 I wouldn't. I don't think I. Yeah, I think turnovers. I think I think turnovers play a role. I don't know the timing of it, but I, I would agree with that. All I these. Think, I think it's. I think it's one key turnover, one way or the other. I think so. I think it's that tight. I think so too. I think so too. But I just trust Mahomes to take care of the football. Yeah, I do. I do. I think Mahomes. I. I think what we saw against. Uh, Baltimore is what we're going to see against uh, San Francisco. I agree. And and I think it's going to be a very similar game plan. And um, I think Reed is slightly better at game planning. Well, no, I think I think Reed is the best at game planning right now in the NFL. I agree. Um, so I think that's, that's a big difference, too. Yeah, and so. I mentioned it a little bit earlier in my episode, but I was talking about how uh, Shanahan situationally can get a little too cute, and he's – been on the receiving end of some criticism for not being able to put teams away and also not being able to come back from from uh, deficits obviously the Niners came back from 17 against the Lions last week um, but if there is a situation where they're down late in this game I just don't trust them to get it done personally well I think the whole thing about them coming back can be put to rest especially the last two games frankly however they have not played against a defense like the Chiefs and Agreed. I think that's I think that's the difference. Um, I think if the Niners get down, if the Niners are down by 14 points midway through the third quarter, this thing's probably over. I agree. Um, but if it's close, it could go one way or the other. But again, like I said, that's when Reed starts playing positional football and does things to put the Chiefs to have the ball at the end of the game to win. Agreed. Um, and I think that's. I think he'll he'll collapse the game into forty five minutes versus sixty. Yeah, I, can, um, I, I think I think that's I think that's what he does, and I'll take that with Mahomes. I think if I'm Reed, that's what I'm doing. Um, I think on the other high on the other side, Shanahan has to get out front 
real soon I agree. and then take take chances if they get up by 14 or 21 then he's got to take some pivotal chances on the defensive side to force Mahomes to make mistakes um that's how the Niners win this game yeah I agree so uh that's just my take okay one more thing before I let you go and I'm gonna try call on some other people see who's available um, do you have any do you have any fun predictions? Do you think anyone's gonna score in particular? Anything anything more you're looking for in this game? Uh I think boy, that's interesting. anyone no, not well, huh, that's a good question. Um the deep ball may come more into play with the Chiefs than in the past, frankly. I, I think I could see that. Um I might look for one of the Chiefs wide receivers to have a better game than most people think. You heard think it here first. A, what's that? You heard it here first. Yeah, right. I think that could be that could be a surprise. The upside. Um, all the other skill positions and players, uh, they'll they'll play well. Um, if Kelsey has a really good game, they win. If he has a mediocre game, they're probably losing the game. I agree. Um, I think that's a good indicator. I like uh, I like uh, Pacheco to score a touchdown anytime. Oh, I mean, it, it, he puts these guys in positions where they can score almost anywhere. That's what he does really well. Right. Um, so I, the, but I, I think I liked the the Chiefs. What they did well last game, especially was they kind of set it up where Mahomes had that long ball. Um, surprisingly, he a bit on, he underthrew it to. Um, He's a receiver. Marquez Valdez Scanley. Yeah, he underthrew that ball a little bit, but it was that play was really well set up, well in advance. Yeah, and I, I could see him doing that kind of thing again. Yeah, I agree. Um, and they might do it more than once against the Niners, frankly. So um, that's where I see that maybe one of those receivers has a better game than most people think. Yeah, I like that take. So, yeah. All right, yeah. Dad. So, thanks. All right. Thanks for coming on. Sure, no problem. I'll uh, I'll see you probably this weekend at some point. <laughs> glad to be glad to be a guest. Yeah, of course. Bye bye. All right, thanks, man. Bye. All right, guys. Hope you appreciate that segment with my dad. I'm gonna pause this right here and I'm gonna see if I can get someone else on. All right, so we also got Cole on the podcast. Appreciate you coming on. Say what up, Cole. What up? We got two trivia questions for you. I already asked him to my dad. My dad didn't get one of them. I got faith that you can get both of them. And then, and then we'll just shoot shit about the game for a little bit. But the first one, if Patrick Mahomes were to win his third Super Bowl MVP, who would he join as the only quarterbacks to have more than two? It's got to be Tom Brady. That's one. Oh, he, how many quarterbacks are there? He is, Can you tell he, me that or not? There's two. There's two of them? Yeah. You said with, with more than three Super Bowl MVPs? Three or more. Three or more. Yeah. All right, let me think. Dude, who even has? Brady has five, for reference. Jesus Christ. Um, so th- I think this is like an older quarterback, probably. It is. It is. It's like Terry Bradshaw. Not that old. <laughs> Not that old? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Like right before we Terry were Bradshaw around. More... What did you say? Right before we were around. Shit. Montana? Yup, let's go. Let's go. I asked that question because it's obviously like it's like Niners are playing. I'm like, I have to. Okay. Yeah, that's a good good trivia. Next question. 
the first seventh rounder and Mr. Irrelevant to ever start at quarterback is obviously Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl, um, which is even more incredible when you think about the gamble they took on Trey Lance. Obviously, that didn't pay off. But can you name the only undrafted quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl? Jesus Christ, Murphy. Only undrafted quarterback. You got this, bro, um, I swear. It's in the last 25 years. Okay. NFC team. That's all I'm giving you. <laughs> all right, let me think about this. Um, do you want to make it easy on me and like give me like a like a specific conference or division or whatever? NFC West. NFC West. Okay. Rams, Niners, Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me just go through my uh, rotations. Jesus, bro, this one's a lot harder. Okay, wait, wait. You said you said undrafted quarterback to yeah. win Super Bowl. Yeah. There's only one of them. There's only one of them. And it's <laughs> and it's in the NFC West. Yeah. And it was in the last 25 years. It's a lot uh, of hits, bro. Fuck. Did Kurt Warner win a Super Bowl? Yeah. Good no shit. shit actually? Good shit, yeah. No way. Yeah, bro, fuck yeah. My dad didn't get that one. Dude, I'm gonna shit talk John so much. Yeah, you should, bro. Alright, now let's get into... Who do you have winning the game, dog? Dude, I hope the Niners win. Um, I, except I've, I've been against the Chiefs, like, all of the playoffs, basically. <laughs> and they continue to win. So at this point, it feels like... I, I just don't want to ever bet against the Chiefs and Mahomes, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Like, my heart says Niners. I mean, they definitely have the team to beat the Chiefs. I agree. It's just, it's just the Chiefs have the experience, obviously. We don't know. I mean, Brock Purdy stepped to the plate enough so far, but it's like Mahomes in the playoffs and Mahomes is the Super Bowl, in the Super Bowl is a tall task to beat, you know? Yeah. Like, I think there's, there's only, what, playoff? I guess there's only Super Bowl losses Brady, so... His, what? his only losses in the playoffs or Super Bowl are against Brady or Burrow. Yeah. And, and Burrow was cooking yeah. in that player. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Purdy. I think the Niners with everyone healthy is such a tough team to beat. Um, Hart says Niners. Brain says never been against the Chiefs, but I'm still going to take the Niners. Damn. Okay, so I got the Chiefs winning by three. Yeah, fuck. I mean... Realistically, that's probably what's going to happen. But I want the Niners, and I think they have what it takes to win that game. I think they absolutely have the talent of what it takes, but it comes back to your point of situational football. Who are you trusting more? I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's Andy Reid, it's Kelsey, it's Mahomes. Like, I don't, I don't really yeah. know what else I have to say. You know what I mean? 100%. So, it's just I trust them in the biggest stage. I think Purdy – I think this Chiefs defense is also still underrated. I think they're really fucking good. And I think Purdy's going to be asked to make a play in a big moment, and I just don't think he's going to be able to come through. I think he might even have a couple turnovers in this one. Yeah, also, uh, pertaining to the Chiefs defense, the Chris Jones signing was so huge. Or, like, getting him his extension. Yeah, that one year. Dude, I mean, he's been a force. Chiefs defense stays underrated. Uh, shout out my guy Drew Tranquil. He's balling. He's been balling. Yeah, he's balling. He's been balling in the playoffs. Every time the Chiefs play, my dad calls me. He's like, dude, of course, Drew Tranquil making such a difference he really every is. single game. And he's like, every ex Chargers player goes somewhere else and just starts balling out. Drew Tranquil, 
is a beast. There's so many underrated players on the defense. McDuffie's obviously really good. Um, dude, I, I think so much of it comes down to if Chase Young actually shows some effort and can ball out as well. Because you have Chase Young healthy, playing at a high RPM, you know, like actually balling out across from Nick Bosa, that could be such a game record too. I like that call out because he's also, he's lining up. Um, I mentioned a little earlier in the podcast episode, but he's lining up against Jawan Taylor, who led the league yeah. in flags. Yeah. And it's like, there's obviously the huge controversy thing of like, there's the clips of Chase Young throughout the playoffs with like these low effort plays. There's talk about him sitting or at least getting benched or like not getting as many reps or whatever. But it's like, you're in the, I understand the playoffs, or it still doesn't make sense. Like, obviously, you should be high effort all the time. It's like, this is the biggest game on the biggest stage. If you can't put an effort now, like, who are you as an NFL player? I agree. You know? So if he actually can go out there and show who he is, like, who Chase Young is, who he's supposed to be, especially against someone that holds every every single play, um, I think that could be such a serious impact on the game. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, do you have any – so I, like, I really like that call out. I like that take. Do you have any other, because I asked this to my dad before I finished up our conversation too, do you have any other like bold predictions of someone who's going to score, someone who's going to have a good game, anything like that? Bold predictions? It doesn't have to be bold. I mean, do you think like someone in particular is going to score? This is more like if people want to take like a prop for it or like, do you think like, like, for example, like my dad said, uh, he thought that a Chiefs receiver, more particularly uh, Rasheed Rice is going to have a bigger mm-hmm. game than people think, and he thinks that, like, the deep ball is going to be more utilized than people think. Do you have any, like, anything like that? Like, do you think, like, bold take, like, maybe Kelsey scores two touchdowns or or Mahomes has a rushing touchdown, something like that? I see, I see MVS getting a long reception at some point that's going to have a huge impact on the game. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's that big drop however many weeks ago it was, and then I think last game he kind of iced it with, what, like a 40-yard catch or something? He back-to-back weeks he iced it. Yeah, so you can find some prop that's like MVS longest catch over, you know, like 30 yards or something. I like that. That's my bold prediction. I he like just that. like seems to do nothing all game and then just get a huge catch that makes a massive impact. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. I like that. I like that a lot. That's really funny because that's a very similar direction that my dad went to in his bold prediction. Um, mm-hmm. So before I let you go, do you have a score prediction? Because I know you said you you're, you want the Niners, your heart's with the Niners. I think you're going to take the Niners, but... Any any last minute switches here? Oh, no, I gotta stick. I gotta stick with the Niners. Um, score prediction. Score prediction. I feel like it's gonna be a little lower scoring than you might imagine with these high powered offenses. Um, let me go twenty four seventeen Niners. Hell yeah, valid dude. All right, bro. I appreciate your time. I'll let you go. I'm going to edit this together. I got lecture in like an hour. <laughs> awesome, bro. So, talk to you. yeah, you too, dude. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Peace. Let him in. All right. You heard it here first, guys. Oh, I'm playing music. <laughs> Tizo. Um, all right, guys. Appreciate you listening to this episode. If you did get all the way to the end, that seriously means a lot to you. Again, been a hell of a season. Really enjoy making these episodes as always. Murphy's League to the moon baby uh, appreciate you all y'all follow me on instagram follow me here on apple music or spotify or wherever you wherever you listen to your episodes um again probably going to slow down the content a little bit here just because football's over hopefully going to get more nba content gonna uh, as always get into the draft season because i love draft season super fun and yeah that's going to be it for me guys hope you enjoyed this episode have a great rest of your day and peace out.